God bless you. Hallelujah. Exceedingly, abundantly. Thank you, Jesus. We serve an exceeding and abundant God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All we could ask for. Thank you, Jesus. According to what? According to the power. Thank you, Jesus. That's working in you and me. Yes, yes. God is able. Just what he said. Thank you, Jesus. Know that today. Every, every. Thank you, Jesus. What you say? Don't give up on God. And he won't. He won't. He won't give up on you. What? He's able. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. We must believe it. Saints of the Most High God, believe it. He's able. He's able. He's able. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask or even think. Thank you, God. God is able to do just what he said he, just what he said he'll do. Thank you, Jesus. Prevail. God prevails in every situation, every promise. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. What? He's able. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He's able today, no matter where you at, no matter what you're experiencing. He's able. He's able. He's an able God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is able. He's able to do just what he said. Trust in his word. Hallelujah. Not, don't doubt. He's going to fulfill every promise. So don't give up on God. Don't give up. Don't give up. He won't. Thank you, Jesus. He's able. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name, God. An awesome God. An awesome wonder in our lives. He is able. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. According to your now faith. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's able today. He's able today. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Ooh. He's able. Thank you, Lord. Lift up holy hands right where you are. God is able. God is able. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a heavy load bearer. God stands by his word. Trust in his word. Never doubt. Begin to pray and understand that God is already where you were. If you remember, Daniel was all God. God was already in the fire. Hallelujah. God was already in the lion's den. God was already in the inner prison. God was already there. So no matter where you are today, God is able. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. He's going to do it. Whatever he promised, he's going to do it. He's able. 
He's able. He's able. He's able. Try him. He's able. He's able. So, so able. Right where you are, God is able to do it. He's able to do it. Father, we thank you. Father, we glorify your name. God, we step out on faith right now. Now faith in you, believing you, trusting you, holding on. Understand that you're able. In Jesus' name, He's good. don't give up on God. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Hold on. And if things are broken in your life, reach up above the break and still just hold on. Just hold on to God's unchanging hand. Anybody ever have a problem, huh? And didn't believe that God would solve them. But God came in. Hallelujah. Have you ever wanted? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Don't give up. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. And he won't give up on you. God is able. We thank you and we magnify your name because God is good. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and them that dwell therein. We invite you. Hallelujah. And we thank you for joining us once again. Our God is able. Our God is able. Part of the many wonders in our lives and the many wonders that God is going to do. It's according to your now faith. Hallelujah. All you have to do is believe and trust in God. Believe, have faith and trust in God. You know, sometimes when we begin to look at things and, and see things going this way or, or that way, saints of God, you got to be ready. Somebody help me say you got to be ready. So we thank God for the blessing. Thank God for the covering. Thank God for the anointing that's in the place today. Thank God for your covering. Thank God for the anointing that's on your life. And thank God for the things that God has placed on your heart. Kingdom business to add to the kingdom. Thy will be done. Hallelujah. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I just want to remind you that the kingdom is going to come through you. The kingdom is going to come through I. The kingdom is going to come through you, me, through us. So come, let us reason together, says the Lord. Come, let us touch and agree. Amen. And come, let us walk together to add to the kingdom. We're so grateful and thankful for this is another day that the Lord has made. We're rejoicing and we're glad in it. And we're thankful and grateful, praise God, for our sponsors, the one who made this possible, uh, so free-hearted, so giving, amen. And that is Mr. Cantane, amen, who is the CEO of Kissimmee. Kissimmee, K-I-S-I-M-E dot com. A wonderful, wonderful health uh, product company. Everything is all naturally done. There's a great group of uh, scientists have gotten together and pulled together the natural things like uh, cordyceps ingredients, amen, that'll help our bodies operate and function naturally, praise God. When I say naturally, not with a whole lot of 
pharmaceuticals that's been designed in the laboratories, praise God. And we thank God that God uses those medicines. We are not demonizing medication. We're not demonizing doctors. We're not demonizing any of that because God used all that, amen, for his glory. And when God allows his glory through healing virtue to come, whether it's from the doctors, wherever it comes from, it is a miracle from the Lord. We're so thankful and grateful. So we have uh, cordyceps, praise God. And then we have our coffees, amen. We have the double espresso, praise God. And we have the double cappuccino, hallelujah. And all of the products contain cordyceps. And cordyceps, again, is a natural, natural, all natural ingredients combined that specifically go through the five major organs that govern this body, praise God, and gives those organs an opportunity to function at the capacity that God designed them to function. And with that being said, when that happens, praise God, then, you know, the heart is not working against the lungs. The lungs are not working against the kidneys. The kidneys is not working against the pancreas. Amen. All, all those major five organs get an opportunity to be strengthened. Amen. And begin to work together. We're not saying we're not making any medical prognosis, diagnosis or anything like that. We only know what works. Amen. With the Cordy X, one tablet, two times a day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon as needed, praise God, will heighten your awareness for concentration and it'll give you energy. We know we need energy in these last and evil days because we only have 24 hours, praise God. Eight hours of that is committed somewhere else, praise God. And somewhere in there, you're going to have to make time for the family. You're going to have to going to have to to rest a man and and yet provide for the family so they're going to take some concentration amen amen and in that concentration begin to separate ourselves amen consecrate ourselves in our consecration set ourselves apart and god will use and bless us in a mighty way so we're so excited about Kissimmee, K-I-S-I-M-E, Mr. Cantane and his great and gracious heart, amen, that looks at and desires that the word of God gets out. And it's the total man, not only the word of God, but actually our health and well-being at the same time. And if you have, if you've gone to the website and you've seen at kissimmee.com, have any questions, this awesome man of God, he's ready, willing, and able to answer any question that you may have, amen. And again, his phone number is 714-487-4241. Again, 714-487-4241. That's Mr. Cantane at Kissimmee, amen. And we're so thankful for him and his work. Oh, I'm so sorry. My name is Dr. Gerald Johnson. We pastor the Greater Harvest Church of God in Christ. The Greater Harvest Church of God in Christ, located at 1144 Olive. Our service times are Sunday, Sunday school, 9.30 a.m. Morning worship starts at 11 a.m. Uh, every morning through the week, Monday through Friday, there's prayer, uh, 6 a.m. to 7, praise God. We're so thankful and grateful that God is blessing us even now there at Greater Harvest. So we invite you, we invite you to come and join service with us. Again, this is a day that the Lord has made 
and just reminding you that God is able. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or even think. As we begin to look at what's going on um, in, in the Church of God in Christ, our Sunday school literature last week, our Sunday school lesson came from Habakkuk. And Habakkuk being uh, a, a man of prayer, praise God, uh, consistently praying or consistently wrestling with the things of God. You know, wrestling because he wanted to see the manifestation of God. And as he began to look at it from a horizontal place, there's a lot of things going on in his dime, in his time, not his dime, in his time, in his day, praise God, where things were just just out of balance. Uh, Saints were doing all manner of things. All manner of evil was going on in the world, praise God. And he was wondering, did God see it? Amen. And him wrestling and staying on the wall and not coming down. Amen. God began to answer his prayer. And as I began to look at that particular discourse of scripture, amen, I was drawn, amen, to Daniel chapter 2 and uh, verse 21. We'll use that as a, as a springboard for our message today, and then we'll begin to move on. I'm excited. I'm excited about what God is doing in the land today. You know, even today, you know, the coronavirus, praise God, is the numbers are changing daily and we're getting reports from here and there. And I thank and praise God that the Bible reported it even before it began. And if we follow and read the word of God, the word of God will will assure us on where we are and what's going on in these times. We're going to tie everything together. Amen. As we move forward in God's word today. Uh, We are excited. I'll say it again. We are excited. I'm going to uh, put on these my help right now. I want to read Daniel chapter 2. I ministered to you. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 21. And it says, praise God. And he changeth the times. Uh huh. And he changeth the times and seasons. He removeth kings and set up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that no understanding. Again, Daniel chapter 2, verse 21, 21, and he changeth the times and seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. Hallelujah. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them who know understanding. Praise God. Verse 22, he revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwells within him. I thank thee and I praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who have given me wisdom and might, and hath made known unto me now what we desired of thee, for thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. Again, 21, and he changeth the times and the seasons, praise God. He removeth kings, hallelujah, and setteth up kings, praise God. He giveth wisdom unto the wise, thank you, Jesus, and knowledge to them that know understanding. God is able to do just what he said he would do. I began just to think about some things, hallelujah, began to think about some things, amen. Uh, sometimes our mind may lead us to think that God's allowing a lot to go on. You know, when we look at things on that horizontal, as Habakkuk was looking at things during his day, amen. Uh, When there's 
when their bold displays of corruption, the bold displays of corruption in our land, in the nation, everywhere, the bold display of justice and all sorts of misconduct and unlawful acts everywhere going on on a daily day basis. It's just going wild. Amen. Wicked living everywhere. And we say wicked living, not by my standards, not by any horizontal standards, but, but by the vertical standards of God. Praise God. All these things is going on. Sin has choked or sin has a chokehold, a literal chokehold on society. Courts are unjust and 10 percent. And let's just I'm hyphenating that only 10 percent of the law enforcement is out of control. All of our law enforcement is not out of control, but there is a percentage like anywhere else. There's a 10 percent. Amen. And even when we look at studies that shows us or tells us that 10% of the people do 90% of the work. So 10% is a common something in everything we do. And it is everywhere. We look at things and things are out of control. And if we don't have law enforcement, if we don't have any type of of interaction, then we will be living in a chaotic place. And even with law enforcement, things are a little chaotic now, even as we see it. When we begin to look at uh, our rules of order are ignored. Amen. Don't make a right turn on red. Amen. No U-turn here. Praise God. The, the stop here. Uh, 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 slow down here. This curve should only be taken at 20 miles an hour. Those are, you know, our traffic signs. But even more, the 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 ignoring of the rules of what is common to mankind that's going to help us to move forward. When we look at the rich and the wealthy, not demonizing, amen, comfort, because when you are rich and wealthy, you have opportunity for comforts, amen, things that come your way. So we're not even demonizing that, but we're looking at it from this point. The rich and the wealthy harassed and demeaned the poor. Crime is out of control everywhere. Crime is out of control everywhere. Crime is unchecked sometime by the secular laws. And sin, and sin seems to be unchecked everywhere. Sin seems to be unchecked by the word of God. I'm sorry. Amen. Sin, sin seems to be unchecked. Amen. Amen. Sin seems to be unchecked. Amen. And we began to look at different laws here and there. Uh, sin, sin is just all it looks like from in, even in Habakkuk days, praise God. It was looking like sin was just allowed to do whatever it desired to do. Amen. Hardly anyone, hardly anyone really pays any attention to the prophets or the men of God that nobody pays attention. Hallelujah. And when we begin to see uh, those things that take place, uh, the priests are in the chapels, the rabbis are in the synagogues, praise God. The pastor, the prophet are in the churches, amen. And hardly anybody is holding any regard to God's word as being holy. Profanity seems to be the order of the day. 
You can say whatever you want to say. Hallelujah. Openly. Amen. We know that certain lyrics and certain songs, they all have a level of that in there. And when we begin to look at things, amen, even wearing less clothes, praise God. You know, less is best sometimes when you begin to look at things. But praise God, these things, these things God told us about. Nothing should nothing should be as of a surprise for us. Thank you, Jesus. It's not like we don't know what's right. Amen. Uh, we just don't have the moral sensibility. Hallelujah. To begin to do what's right. It's not like people in the world and in the body of Christ have not heard the cries and the pleadings of the priests, of the prophets and the preachers. They've heard it all. That's it. They've heard it all. And we, amen, have got to be that living epistle to be read of men to not only read it and say it, but walk upright before man. Everybody refuses to listen to the word of God. Hallelujah. They shunned every opportunity to engage their hearts to be converted into the God-loving, obedient people that God wants us to be. And it's so important for us to know and understand that God's cup, hallelujah, God's cup, thank you, Jesus, is going to get full. Help me say that. When God's cup gets full, we'll say it again. When God's cup gets full, when God's cup gets full, praise God, we begin to see some things happening. During this, this, the, during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised God. He praised the God of heaven. He began to praise the God of heaven. And verse 20 says, uh, praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He poses kings. Amen. He raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells in him. I thank and I praise you, God, for my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to us the dream of the king. So for thousands of years, help me say, when God's cup is full, for thousands of years, nations have come and nations have gone. Nations have come and nations have gone. Historians may explain it this way. Certain events that cause a nation to rise or fall, hallelujah. But many people do not realize, don't realize that a sovereign God sets up nations and takes them down. God does not do this arbitrarily. Instead, he does this as circumstances warrant. When you begin to look at references, Daniel chapter 2, 21 through uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 21. And I think I read down to 23. And Daniel chapter 4, uh, 17 and 35. And then again, for your reading and references, uh, Daniel chapter 5, verses 22 through 30. When we begin to consider, amen, a recurring problem that God has faced throughout history. Suppose, just suppose, the first generation 
of a new generation knows everything about God's ways and God's will. And they are able to pass along 80% of what they know to their children. And if they're passing just 80% of what they know, then each succeeding generation also passes along that same 80% to their children. So in just five generations, the nation will only know one third as much about God as their original ancestors. This rapid decline in spiritual knowledge and accountability to God's to 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 God explains, praise God, in part why uh, churches, um, why religion, amen, the interest in church, uh, the attendance has dropped with each passing generation. The irony of it all is this illustration is is that the fifth generation is unaware of its spiritual darkness. Praise God. When we begin to prepare, when we begin to prepare, if I'm going to the East Coast, if I'm flying to Memphis, Tennessee, if I'm flying to uh, visit my daughter, if I'm flying to visit my mother, I've got to call, amen, got to find the date I want to go. I've got to call the airline, got to make reservation. I've got to pack my bag. I've got to do all these things. And depending upon the time of the day, I have to arrive to the airport two hours prior that plane leaving because the plane has a planned itinerary, praise God. And that means that I did a lot. Saints to the Most High God, what are we doing? What are we doing to prepare for the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God coming. What are we doing to prepare ourselves for when I die, for when you die? Where will you spend eternity? Are you making your reservation? Hallelujah. Can't take any bag, but are you packing? Amen. Are you consecrating yourself in looking how to do that? Well, enough, 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 enough. When we begin to look at each generation thinks that it knows God. But I'm telling you, saints of the most high God, from God's point of view, amen, descends into an apostasy. This declining, this declining, declining process is universal and inevitable, always resulting in greater violence. Amen. That's why we see all the violence everywhere. I saw a video of about 20 kids jumping on this um, young teenager. Uh, violence everywhere, no matter where you turn. You can turn on the television and for 24-7, you're going to get negative, negative, negative news coming through your front door. Amen. Via the TV. So violence is there. So much violence. So much violence. And the, the, the decay is in our land. The degeneracy, because God knows man's degeneration. God knows it. And it's inevitable. Inevitable, praise God. He has a wise and challenging solution. A policy that deals directly with nations so marred in the curse of sin that there's no way out. There's no way out. Sin is not going to lead you out. No matter how, amen, good you may be of a person, you've got to confess, hallelujah, with your mouth, amen, asking God to forgive you. Amen. I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ 
asking you, Father, to forgive me in the name of Jesus. Forgive me of all of my sins and cleanse me from all of my un cleanse me from all of my praise God. Cleanse me from all of my unrighteousness and create within me a clean heart. Amen. And don't stop there. Renew the right spirit within me. We're going to have to have a relationship with God if we're going to make it. When we begin to look at when God's cup is full, God loves this world and he watches over it. Amen. All the time. Proverbs 15 and 3 says the eyes of the Lord are everywhere watching. I mean, keeping watch on the wicked and the good because this planet is cursed by the power of sin. Hallelujah. The power of sin that took place in the garden. Hallelujah. People and nations have natural, naturally enmity or their natural enemies. Amen. Toward each other. And somewhere, praise God, on earth, nations are always at war. Nations are always at war. One with the other, with one term or another. One thing going against the other. God does what he has to do to keep the nations from killing one another. When God acts, praise God, he does what he has to do for the benefit of mankind. So when the fullness of time is right, God, hallelujah, destroys a wicked nation for the sake of an oncoming generation. In other words, God will wipe out a generation to save another generation. So when we begin to look at what's going on, we look at Ezekiel 14, 12 through 21. When you begin to look at you, I'm just going to do it this way. You begin to see, praise God. God loves future generations the same as he loves the present generation. In fact, he already knows the name of each person who will be in the future. God knows it that way. He's confident that way. That generation, we look at Jeremiah 1 and 5, says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Hallelujah. Before we were in the womb, God knew us. Before you were born, I set you apart. We've been set apart already. Matter of fact, the squeezing of the, of the, the grape, the squeezing of the olive, we're in a time of preparation. Amen. A time of preparation. In fact, God already knows everything and he knows each and every one of us. So before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. God was talking to Jeremiah, but he knows my name and he knows your name also. Psalm 139 and 16 says, subsequently, his love for his love was forthcoming. His love for the generations of forthcoming creates a management problem. When a current generation becomes so evil that corp that corporate praise God repentance and reformation is possible. God has to annihilate. I'm sorry. He has to annihilate the offending generation so that the next generation will have a fresh start. Somebody help me say fresh start. In Nehemiah 9, praise God. I call God's dealing with the wicked nations. That's where we got, praise God, part of this thought when God's cup 
is full. Uh, this phase of to associate God's patience with the idea of a measuring cup. Praise God. Suppose each new nation is given a measuring cup, a, probo a probationary period of grace. Over time, as generations pass and people seem to forget about God and the accountability of him. The cup is filled with guilt as people slide, hallelujah, deeper and deeper into a apostasy. When God sees the nation's cup is full, he releases his righteous wrath and destroys it because they will not repent of their apostasy. Once that nation disappears, God gives the land. God gives the land to new people and the process starts over. Here, here, here are a few examples of when God's cup gets full. Hallelujah. The whole world, the whole world filled its cup in Noah's day. What happened in Noah's day? The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had come. And they, I'm sorry, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the heart was only an evil thing. All evil the time. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth and his spirit was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will make mankind, hallelujah, whom I have created from the face of the earth, men and animals, praise God, creatures that move along the ground and birds of the air. For I am grieved that I even made them. And praise God over in Genesis chapter 6, verse uh, 5 and 6, it says, Some people foolishly argue that God, some people foolishly argue that a God who loves does not kill. People believe, I'm sorry, people because God says himself, thou shalt not kill in Exodus 20. Murder is an act born out of hatred and predatory behavior. Again, murder, amen. Murder is born out of hatred, praise God, out of predatory behavior. This is what we've got to know, that there's predatory behavior in our land today, and we can cast it out. We can cast the devil out because the life, power, mm, power and life, lie, life and death lies in the power of this tongue. And we can praise and magnify God in that. Hallelujah. God does not consider carrying out the death penalty, murder, or an act of hatred. God does not believe that. Thank you, Jesus. God does not believe that that is something that should be done. Does not consider carrying that out. In fact, God says that putting murderers to death is necessary to achieve justice. In Genesis 9, 5 and 6, the Lord said to Noah, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth. Therefore, the argument that God does not kill people is false claim because it makes God appear to be alive. Hallelujah. God told Noah, warn the people of the coming flood. Never seen a flood, never build an ark, don't know what rain is, 
Don't know where the storm is, but Noah is out there following and pursuing what he believed God had mentioned to him. 120 years of, of grace, hallelujah, expired. Thank you, Jesus. Genesis 6, 3. God filled his promise. He destroyed the men and women and children who refused to get into the ark, praise God. Don't refuse heaven. Don't turn your back on God. Please don't give up on God and he won't give up on you. God, thank you, Jesus. God puts his rainbow in the sky. Hallelujah. He put the rainbow in the sky as a reminder to us that he will never destroy this world by the act of water again. Amen. The rainbow cloud that's in the sky refused to get into the ark. Then God puts a rainbow in the clouds forever after the flood as a sign that he would never again destroy the world with a flood. Genesis 6, 9 through 13. When God sees that extended mercy will not produce corporate repentance and reformation, amen, he must, he must begin to emulate the current offending generation. I'm sorry, annihilate, uh, move them aside because they are an offending, uh, offending generation because of his love for ongoing or upcoming generations. Well, there's somebody that jumped out into that, praise God. He jumped out into it this way. He must do those things. When we look at the generations because of his love for uncoming generations, the Amorites, amen. The Amorites had a cup that was full, amen. When God made the following promise to Abraham, the Amorites had not yet filled up their cup. Then the Lord said to him, Abraham, know for certain that your descendants, praise God, your descendants, amen, will be strangers in a country not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated for hundred years. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your fathers in peace and be buried, amen, at a good old age. Thank you. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here for the sin of the Amorites had not yet reached its full measure. Saints to the Most High God, when things are going on, that does not mean that God is not in control because we see here God has given instructions and those instructions come from a God, amen, using a man, hallelujah, to speak those things that are necessary in these last and evil days. We got to call out the Habakkuk spirit, that spirit, amen, that's everlasting, that spirit that holds on, praise God. Notice, notice the last sentence in this passage. God promised to Abraham, God promised to give Canaan to Abraham, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Abraham's offspring, after the sins of the Amorites, had reached their full measure. Earlier, God had given the land of Canaan to the Amorites. But each nation comes with a measuring cup. Keep that in mind. Thank you, Jesus. A measuring cup was to possess Canaan. 
hallelujah, was to possess Canaan on the same terms and conditions, praise God, the same terms and conditions that applied to the Amorites. You find that in Leviticus, amen, chapter 18, verses 24 through 25. Contrary to what a lot of people think today, God gave ancient Israel the land of Canaan, amen, on an additional basis, praise God. Moses warned Israel to, of this, but be assured today that the Lord your God is the one who goes across ahead of you like devouring fire. We all, amen, we will destroy them. Everything that comes forth, we will destroy them. We will subdue them before you and you will drive them out and annihilate them quickly. Praise God. After the Lord, your God, has given them out, has given them, praise God, the time to do the things. After the Lord, your God, has driven them out, praise God, driven them out before you. Do not say to yourself, the Lord has brought me here, hallelujah, to take possession of this land because of the law, righteousness. No, it is on account of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is going, amen, to drive them out before you, praise God, that the Lord is going to give them out before you. Thank you, Jesus. It is not because of your righteousness or your, praise God, integrity, but that you are going in to take possession of their land. But on the account of the wicked of these, praise God, the wickedness of these nations, they began to look at something. And we're going to look at something here as we're moving along in our lesson today. We want to bring you some information that's relative to time and space that'll help you make better decisions going forward. Nations, nations, God destroyed, hallelujah, God destroyed the Canaanites when they filled their measuring cup of wickedness. Hallelujah. Le Leviticus 18 and 24 says, likewise, God destroyed, destroyed Israel twice, praise God. The first, amen, Daniel chapter 8, verse 2, 12, and then, uh, uh, Daniel chapter 8 and verse 70. Why was Israel given a second chance? Why was Israel given a second chance? What did Israel mean to God that they could get a second chance? So, before God sent Israel to Babylon, he spoke through the prophet Jeremiah explaining why he was punishing Israel. And here's what the prophet spoke to he said, but you did not listen to me and you provoked me with what your hands have made and you have brought them harm to yourselves because you have not listened to my words. I will summon all the peoples of the north and my servant Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and I will bring them against this land and its inhabitants and against all the surrounding nations 
I will completely destroy them and make them an object of horror and scorn. When we look back and we begin to say who God is talking to, the children of Israel, they did not really know everything that was going on. But in God speaking to the children of Israel, he gave them an increased responsibility, slightly an increase of responsibility because some of them had showed themselves to be wise. But you did not listen to me and you have provoked me, praise God, with your hands. When we look at it, there's an everlasting love, an everlasting run. This whole country will become a desolate wasteland and these nations will serve the king of Babylon safely for 70 years. But when the 70 years are fulfilled, I will punish the king of Babylon and his nation. Hallelujah. Now, praise God. Now, his nation, the land of Babylonians. Amen. For their guilt. And I will make it desolate forever. That's Jeremiah 25. God caused, caused Israel to be destroyed for provoking him to anger. It is also interesting to note that God also declared through Jeremiah that he would destroy Babylon for the same reasons that he destroyed Israel. And the uh, asterisk out there, this invites or indicts or unites or speaks to the point that God deals consistently and fairly with all nations. Hallelujah. Jesus gave the underlining bias of the full cup. Amen. When he said, but the one who sups not for the one for the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment. Hallelujah. He'll be beaten with few blows, praise God, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who was given untrust with much, much more will he be entrusted with out of Luke. There's some things going on and we don't get excited as we move on down. God gives each nation a measuring cup when it forms. And when the cup is filled, praise God, God's wrath breaks out because of defiance. Amen. Because of defiance. Historians, hallelujah, may explain that the sequence of events describing how a nation fell. But the Bible explains it why they fell. Historian will explain the sequence of events describing the fall. But, but, but God's going to give the why. And when we look at God, we see why a lot of things are going on. Civilizations raise up and civilizations fall by God's divine decree. When Babylon's measuring cup was filled, God destroyed it and gave the land to the Medes and the Persians. Amen. When the Medes and the Persians filled their measuring cup, amen, God destroyed the empire and gave the land to the Grecians. And the process goes on and on and on because of the curse of sin. God gave ancient Israel a second chance, a second opportunity to fulfill his plans. So we can say he gave Israel two measuring cups. Amen. God did this because Abraham's faith impressed him and he wanted a whole nation 
of Abraham's as his representatives on the earth. Abraham was faithful. So therefore, God made a promise to Abraham that his descendants would someday be as numerous as the stars are in the skies and the grains of sand is on the beaches of the world. Also, God wanted Abraham's descendant to serve as the trustees. Hallelujah. You don't hear me as the trustees of the gospel. God wanted to bless the whole world through a nation of priests a people who would know, understand, and share the love of God. That's why today we must be persistent in our prayer and constant in our faith. That's our 2020 vision for Greater Harvest, that we are persistent in our prayer and constant in our faith. You can join in with consistently praying. Amen. Men ought always, ought always to pray and faint not. Being persistent in our prayer constant in our faith. God wants and wanted and wants his gospel of salvation to be spread to every corner of the world, every corner of this world. Therefore, God entered into a covenant with Israel and he graciously promised, praise God, from the beginning that he would give the nation a second chance if it happened to go astray. Notice these two passages. The Lord said, but if they, my people, will confess their sins, hallelujah, the sins of their fathers, when they are exiled in the land of their enemies, if they will confess their treachery against me and their hostility towards me, which made me hostile towards them, so that I sent them into the land of their enemies. Amen. Then, when their uncircumcised hearts were humbled, they paid for their sin. I will remember my covenant with Jacob and my covenant with Isaac and my covenant with Abraham, and I will remember the land. We need God to remember our land today. They, they will pay for their sins because they rejected my laws and abhorred my decrees. Yet in spite of this, when they are in the land of their enemies, I will not reject them or abhor them so as to destroy them completely, breaking my covenant, amen, with them. I am the Lord, their God, but for their sake, I will remember the covenant with their ancestors whom I brought out of Egypt in the sight of the nation to be their God. And I thank God for Leviticus 26. And when we begin to look at and move on. Solomon referred to the Lord's promise of a second chance in his prayer when he dedicated the temple of God, hallelujah, in Jerusalem. When they, your people, Israel, sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin. You become angry with them and gave them over to the enemy who takes them captive in his own land, far away or near. And if they have a change of heart in the land where they're called or where they're held captive and repent and plead with you in the land of their conquerors and say, we have sinned. And that's where we're at. In the United States of America, we have a cup, please God. And when God's cup gets full, we see in the Bible that things begin to happen. But if we confess, praise God, that we have sinned and we've done wrong, We've acted wickedly. And if they turn, if we turn back 
to God with all our hearts and soul, praise God, in the land of their enemies who took them captive and pray to you, God, toward that land. You gave the fathers toward that land. We thank and we praise God. Then from heaven, hallelujah, God, your dwelling place, hear their prayer and their plea, uphold their cause, and forgive your people who have sinned against you. Forgive all the offenses they have committed against you and, and, and cause their conquerors to show them mercy. For they are your people and your inheritance whom you brought out of the land of Egypt, out of that iron smolting furnace. May your eyes be open to your servants. Amen. Plead to the plea of the people Israel and may you listen to them whenever they cry out. Saints of the Most High God, God kept his word and he did as he promised. He gave Israel a second chance and I'll call that a measuring cup lasting 70 weeks of 490 years. Amen. Unfortunately, Israel did not learn from its mistakes. United States of America, can we learn from the mistakes of Israel? Can we relearn from the mistakes of the Amorites? Can we learn from the mistakes of the past? You may recall that God also gave the city of Nineveh a second chance or a second measuring cup. But the succeeding generations in Nineveh did not learn from the mistakes of their forefathers. Nebuchadnezzar destroyed Nineveh, but 160 years after the city repented in the days of Jonah, like Nineveh, Israel turned away from a God the second time and went to such a deep apostasy that when the Son of God came to the earth and spoke the truth, they accused him of blasphemy uh-huh, and circumcised, I'm sorry, not circumcised, but crucified him. At that point, the father could not do anything further with ancient Israel, so he established a new Israel. God destroyed the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. God gave the land to the Arabs and later the Muslims. He put a mosque on the temple uh, mount where the ground, where the temple was. Now there's a mosque, praise God. God brought this about to keep the Jews from ever rebuilding a temple there. Help me say when God's cup is full. Shortly before Jesus returned to heaven, he announced the end of his covenant with the nation of Israel saying, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you kill the prophets, amen, and you stone those sent to you. How often have I longed to gather your children together as hen gather their chicks under their wings, but you not willing, look your, took your house, amen, your nation, your religion, and your temple, uh-huh, is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see again. I have nothing more to do with your religion or your temple until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples call out to him, amen, to call his attention to its building. Do you see all these things? He asked. I tell you the truth. Not one stone here will be left. Not one stone here will be left. 
Mm-hmm. Not one stone here will be left. Everyone will be torn down. Matthew 23. History reveals that God would rather have a mosque on the temple where, where uh, the temple was. Shortly before Jesus' death, he used the idea of a measuring cup in his final discourse. When he was talking to the Pharisees, Jesus said, or Jesus pronounced rather, seven curses on the Jewish leaders for their religious bigotry and hypocrisy. He said, fill up then the measure of the cup of sin of your forefathers. You snakes, you brutal vipers, how will you escape this? How will you escape being condemned to hell? You got to prepare to go, sense of God. When the Jews rejected Jesus, they filled their cup and God destroyed them. Remember, God's patience has a limit. God's patience has a limit. The law of love will not prevent hopelessly evil generation to destroy a forthcoming generation. This is the only way to be fair to the next generation. When God threw Lucifer out of heaven, he did it because his patience with rebellion had a limit. Remember, a nation reaches its limit of divine forbearance. God's wrath breaks out. Amen. God sent the Romans to Judea to destroy ancient Israel. Contrary to what we may often say today, modern Israel is not an extension, amen, or a rebirth of the ancient Israel. When we begin to look at everything together, some things change. The New Testament example of a full cup is this. The New Testament confirms the full cup. Paul warned the sexually uh, immoral Romans, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath. When, when his righteous judgment will be revealed, God will give to each person according to what he has done. But for those who are self-seeking, amen, who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. When we begin to look at the cup, when God's cup being full, when we begin to look at the believers in Thessalonica, you suffered from your own countrymen, the same things those churches in Judea suffered, amen, from the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and also drove us out. They, the Jews, displeased God and are hostile to all men in their effort to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved. In this way, they always heap up their sins to the limit. The wrath of God has come. Saints of the Most High God, God's wrath is here. The great tribulation period. When we began to look at things, God is on his way back. He's on his way back. And he's coming like a thief in the night. And he's coming looking for a church without spot or wrinkle. Just like we prepare ourselves, amen, to fly from the West Coast to the East Coast or the East Coast to the West Coast. We get, uh, we purchase a ticket, we know our itineraries and we must be out of here. 
Are you preparing to live or are you preparing to die? When you die, where will you spend eternity? Will I submit to you the word of God? Amen. The word of God. If you have been convicted, amen, and you know that some things are not right in your life, when you begin to look, when we begin to look at what's going on in our nation, when we begin to look at, at the coronavirus and everything that's going on with that, we can begin to see that God, hmm, God's cup may be full, getting full. I'm not at liberty to say how full the cup of sin is for United States of America and beyond. But I know when I look in the word of God, God has some wrath. He's a God of love, but he's God that has wrath. Perfect love cast out. Perfect love casts out a multitude of sin. And all you have to do now is accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and begin to live right, do right, follow the principles of God and know that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or even think. And it's the power that's working, hallelujah, in us. That's the power of the Holy Ghost to speak those things that are not as though they were so that our hearts are changed. Amen. That our hearts are changed. Pray for our nation. Don't be weary in well-doing. Pray for our nation. Men ought always to pray because God still has his hand stretched out for us. I thank you for being with us today. Thank you for kissing me. Go to the website, amen. Thank you for Greater Harvest Church. Our services start Sunday morning at 11, I'm sorry, Sunday morning, 9.30, Sunday school, 11 a.m. worship, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. prayer, praise God. Wednesday Bible study, we're there in a process now. We're located at 1144 Olive, 1144 Olive in the city of Long Beach. And we're looking to bless you, amen. But we need to be a blessing to you as you need to be a blessing to us. So come on in and join us and let's worship and bless each other. In Jesus' name, thank you for visiting with us today. Amen.